Hello and welcome to season three of Family Twist, a podcast about DNA surprises, found family, and amazing adoption stories. I'm Kendall Austin Stulse, and my partner is Corey Stulse. We've had fabulous guests during seasons one and two. We're sharing stories of people who identify as NPEs, also called not parent expected, others who found out they were donor conceived and have surprise siblings, and even others with unique family twists. We started this podcast to spotlight Kendall's adoption story and his discovering both sides of his biological family in 2017. So if you're just finding the podcast, we encourage you to start with episode one to learn more about Kendall's journey. Thank you for listening. Ryan, welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us again. Thank you. You have had a pretty exciting summer, I think it's fair to say, right? Absolutely. When we last spoke, you were just about, I think, to head out to meet a bunch of your siblings? Yeah, I left on June 1st through June 12th, went all the way down to Florida Nice. and came all the way back up the East Coast. And how many siblings did you meet on this journey? I met two siblings, one in Jacksonville, and then I met another one around the Myrtle Beach area, and we definitely both have similarities in our looks. We talked like we knew each other our whole lives. It's always a great experience to meet someone for the first time. Absolutely. Wow. So I think when we talked to you earlier this year, I think you had found there were 71 of you from the same donor, and that number has risen, right? Yep. We're now at 77. Wow. Just wild. What's the process like when a new discovery is made? So eight times out of 10, I'm the one that will send them a message on either 23andMe or Ancestry, wherever they come up. I'll kind of tell them like, hey, this is what's going on. We got this happening. This is a thing. I know it's crazy, but your DNA doesn't lie. You know, I say it more nicely than that, but I basically give them all the information they need, and after that, the ball is in their park. A lot of them are like, yeah, absolutely, I'll join the group. And then there's always the few that just don't answer or don't believe that it's real. One of them recently said that he took a paternity test with his dad and passed it, so none of this is real. Hmm. I mean, not sure how your DNA is showing up, but... That's sad to be at that level. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, like, argue with somebody about it, though. No. No, you can't. Are you seeing more popping up on Ancestry or 23andMe, or is it about even? 23andMe, definitely. There was also Prime Day this summer, Mm. sometime in July. So we actually had a lot show up this summer. As you can tell, moving from 71 to Mm. 77, uh, that happens a lot during Christmas as well. But yeah, I'd say most of them are Mm -hmm. on 23andMe. Okay, interesting. We've been talking about redoing. Well, Kendall did 23andMe a long time ago before we made any discoveries. And I've only done Ancestry and I've had no surprises yet. But I think uh, 23andMe, I don't know. Something might pop up. You never know. We should do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because some people, obviously, even we do one or the other, you know. Right. Yeah. So I guess you've got to keep both accounts active. Right. You can even see all your historical, where you're from and stuff. So that's always interesting to know as well. And that stuff's always being updated and kind of changing to be more accurate. Right. Yeah, for sure. We were just looking at our ethnicity last weekend and we probably looked like once a month and it, it's shifted again, you know? Yep. And it's so yeah. funny because my biological father's been on the show and I think even on the show, he is stuck 
on this idea that his mother was part Irish and still to this day on his side, there's zero Irish. And, and it's just comical. You know, he's in delusion about that. It's like, no, dad, that, that isn't true. I don't, <laughs> nobody thinks that's true. <laughs> but oh, well. <laughs> just ballpark. How many of your half siblings can you estimate just don't want any kind of contact mm -hmm. at all? I would say a dozen, probably. Okay. Probably a dozen don't want to be contacted. There's a few that just haven't answered. And then there's those three that say this is all fake for whatever their reason is. Hmm. Hmm. That's a higher number than I would have guessed, just because if somebody's going to go through the trouble of doing the DNA test, you got to sort of be open to what the results are going to be. And I know a lot of people do it for different reasons, health reasons, or they're just curious about their genealogy. But, you know, as we see more and more stories pop up, the, the numbers do not lie. <laughs> they yeah. can't. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that you can't manipulate. Like, there's no way you're going to get the wrong results back. It's a pretty specific right. process on getting all the chromosomes and stuff analyzed. Well, and as you've said, just meeting new siblings, you're seeing similar features, similar mannerisms, the way you talk, the way you walk, all of that. You know, and it's hard to deny when you're related to somebody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What would you say were the highlights of the, your trip? best parts of my trip were going to Ruby Falls in Chattanooga. That was one of the most beautiful things I've seen in my life. It's an underground waterfall. There's a whole story mm -hmm. and history behind it. Down in Clearwater, mm -hmm. Florida, I went to this beach and walked just a couple miles down the beach till I was the only one there. And it was just really cathartic taking in the sun and the energy down there. I went over to Orlando, went on this 420-foot Ferris wheel thing at Epcot, got a bunch of great pictures of Florida down there, um, yeah. meeting my two sisters. That was, of course, a great experience. Spent a couple hours together each, and I ended the trip by going whitewater rafting in West Virginia, and that was a first time for me and was absolutely amazing. Yes, I did that in my one trip to West Virginia. And did you stay in the boat the whole time? <laughs> yes, I did. I didn't fall out until the very end <laughs> when I hadn't used my legs in a few hours and forgot how to use them. <laughs> yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. We flipped in like the first 10 minutes, like the first like category three wave. We all went out of the boat, including the guide. And, you know, they don't like to come fall out of the boat. <laughs> and then I was knocked out on the second half. <laughs> Uh, yeah, crazy. So I was like, I was like, okay, wanted to do this. Uh, now I've done it. Don't ever have to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I just feel like we would have probably enjoyed it more had we not gotten knocked out in the first round, because then all you're doing is paying attention to everybody's rowing. You're not really getting to take in the scenery <laughs> because you're just looking at the person's oar in front of you. True. Yeah. Luckily, we were in the front, so we got to kind of dictate that. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so did the two sisters that you met on the trip, have they met each other? No, they have not. The one I met in Jacksonville met my brother who lives in Colorado. And then the one in South Carolina, I was the first one she met. Wow. Wow. How many have you met so far? We are at 12 now. I, I did meet another one at Kate's wedding. So that made 12. And then as of next Wednesday, it'll be 13. Very, Very cool. Yeah. Are there any that aren't in the country? Not that we know of yet. Okay. Gotcha. So when you get an email from 23andMe, which has happened quite a few times for you now, what does it say? Like, what's the subject line? 
Well, so oddly enough, the, the emails that I get from 23andMe or Ancestry say, oh, you've got a new relative to explore, and it's either a sibling that I already know for, like, years, or it's yeah. like a fifth cousin. <laughs> I never get updates about a new sibling that joins. So I just go in, like, once a week and kind of check and see if there's anybody new, and then I go and message them from there. Right. Oh, that's interesting. So you don't get the email about matches, but if you just go to your matches, then all of a sudden your sibling group has grown. Yes. Yep. <laughs> about once every three months. That's yeah. funny. Bizarre. So wild. Yeah. Oh, boy. How often does the donor respond about new additions? We actually, um, it's kind of a long story, but we took him out of the group we kind of wanted it to be more people that only had the experience of being donor-conceived. A lot of people also expressed discomfort in him being there. So mm -hmm. I kind of tried to tell everybody that we removed him. He kind of got mad about it. I did tell him about it. I sent him a very long message expressing why and thanking him for being such an open donor. Um, but he kind of just responded without any empathy, said he doesn't think it was warranted, and it just went to show that he didn't need to hmm. be in the group with us anyway. But as far as responding mm, to new yeah. people, whenever there was somebody new in the group, he would always just say welcome. He wouldn't ever push a relationship on anybody. He lets them message him. Hmm. So there are some within the group that are probably still interact with him? There are many that are friends with him on Facebook. I'd say maybe half which is a high guess, but he does post a lot of things that aren't in line with a lot of our beliefs, I'll say. Okay, all right. You probably know what I mean. Yeah, I think we can figure it out. Yep. Yeah, I've had yep. to hide some family members too. So if I want to know what's going on, if something happens, I got to get on their page because I'm not seeing their posts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have siblings who's post I have zero interest in reading. We get along, but probably because we do <laughs> avoid <laughs> topics. Right. Yeah, we have a few of those, but not too many. Most of us are all pretty alike. Mm -hmm. Good. Have there been any more talks about trying to put together a full reunion? Uh, there have been talks. That's about it. When we were trying to plan it back in 2020, I think there were maybe 30, 35 at the most. Now with twice that many, plus a few, everybody's kind of scattered. I don't even know where to begin to plan yeah. something like that, but there are definitely people getting together. I know there's some people up in Boston that they're trying to get together. Some people in New Jersey, Connecticut area, New York, they're trying to get together. So that's wonderful. Yeah. I love seeing siblings meet just as much as I love meeting my siblings. Yeah. 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 Maybe you could do something online. It would be large, but... Yeah, that could be fun. We've done Zoom meetings. I think the most we've had on a yeah. Zoom meeting was nine people. Oh, okay. That's definitely doable. Yeah. It'd be pretty fun to see like 50 of you in a Zoom and see an image of that, though. <laughs> Here's our family photo. <laughs> yeah. Right. Kate and I were just talking about if everybody was in a room together, it would be like probably the amount of people that were at her wedding. And it's just yeah. crazy to think just a room full of all of us. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is just wild. And remind us, what is the sort of the age range? I believe it's about 23 to 34. Okay. okay. Pretty close. That's a, that's a lot of years of donating. Yeah. He donated for 11 years and it's 11 year gap. So it makes sense. 
Yeah, wow. 11 wow. years. Wow. <laughs> yeah, every week, I think, too. Mm. And potentially, there are dozens more out there still. Oh, absolutely. There could be twice as much as we have now, because he told us there were 74 pregnancies, but left out the part that that was halfway through his time donating. So that number could be doubled by now. Wow. He must have had an insane, you know, high percentage of pregnancies take. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know, did they ever say anything to him of why couples or individuals were choosing him because he was so um, reliable? On most of his applications, which a lot of them were different, it said that he was 100% Italian. He's not 100% Italian, which we know based on his 23andMe results now. But at the clinic, they told him to put down 100% since he wasn't sure. He was six foot five. He didn't really have any health problems at all. No parents' history of health problems. So all the Italian families just kind of went after him. Wow. <laughs> that is wild. So based on that, what is your ethnicity breakdown? Uh, I am about 80% French and German, which most of that comes from my mom. A few of that comes from him. I do have about 18% Italian and then I've got other random stuff, Scandinavian and small percentages of other random hmm. stuff. Does it vary between siblings? Is everybody all over the place as far as ethnicity goes? Yeah, we do have plenty that have a lot more Italian than me. One of them has over 50. One of them has 60. So they're up there. I'm sure they got hmm. some of that from their moms as well. We do have some that are, I want to say, Somalian uh, it's not Somalian, though. They have that from their mom's side. I have one sister that is mm. half Jewish. So we do have a little bit of variety there. Wow. So let's talk about the wedding a little bit. What was that experience like for you? It was amazing. It was their day, and it was wonderful for them. I'm just really glad that I was able to be in attendance there at my sister's wedding. Wanting siblings growing up, and then now, 30 years later, I'm attending one of their weddings, and being in the wedding is just miraculous to me. Everybody there had a great experience. There were six siblings there total. We got to do a siblings dance to Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance which was one of the greatest moments of it, for sure. Just all of us <laughs> singing that song as loud as we could. And yeah, meeting a new sister there, the whole thing was great. Yeah. Well, I saw some of the photos that you posted on your Facebook page, and it looks like everybody was having a really good time. Oh, yeah. What was your reaction when Kate asked you to be part of the ceremony? Um, Josh asked me to be his best man. I knew that I was either going to do that or some sort of officiation because Kate and I talked about that before. But when Josh asked me to be his best man, I wasn't expecting that. So I was very taken aback, but I was also honored at the same time. And that's the first time I've ever done it. And there was a lot involved and every moment of it was worth it. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Was there a bachelor party? We had a few. I took Josh and the kids to this local sports bar. We had some fun there, had some drinks and food, and then went home. And then we met our other brother, Mitch, at a separate time, closer to him. We had pizza at a place, and then we all went to a park, and the kids were on this big playground. So it wasn't anything crazy, but it was just a great day with the brothers and the boys. Very nice. Very cool. 
Were you a little bit nervous on the big day? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I just <laughs> was hoping that nothing would get messed up. I was trying to help as much as I can and be there for her, And I was more happy for her and definitely cried a few times. But yeah, it all worked out great. Very nice. Yeah. We love hearing about these things where siblings who haven't known each other all their lives are talking decades and just discover how close they can get so quickly. I've watched it firsthand with Kendall and his sister. When they're together, they're thick as thieves. And it's just amazing to think it's only been, you know, six years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A lot can happen in a short time and then a lot more in a long time. No kidding. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you all are pretty young. So who knows by the time you turn 40, what this is going to look like. Yeah, absolutely. True. And I will say that there's a few siblings I didn't get to see and it's a bummer, but it's still got a lot of life left. There's plenty of years to go back down and see him again. And sometimes when you yeah. do meet a sibling or see him after a while, it feels like it's the last time you're going to see him. But you know that you're still going to talk to mm. him and there's still going to be a time where you're going to see him again, whether it's in a few months or a few years. Right, right. Yeah. That's a great attitude to have because I'm such an impatient person. It still bothers me that I've never seen my youngest brother. I've never met him, which is probably more his choice than mine. But yeah, I hope it happens someday. Yeah, hope for the best. Prepare for the worst, I guess. Yeah. Well, there's definitely a lot of opportunity. Again, I'm sure it'll be a huge undertaking, but at some point, somebody's going to come up with an interesting solution for a reunion. Maybe somebody who lives on like a farm or something like that, then it can mm. accommodate a bunch of you. Yeah, we're hoping that 23andMe or Ancestry can pay for like a whole reunion for us and then they get some free advertising out of it, you know. Absolutely. For sure. There's a commercial right there that they could be showing around. <laughs> Have you heard from any other family groups just through your discoveries that they're in a similar situation, that they've got multiple siblings out there? Yeah, I have a few friends on Facebook that also have the same experience. I know one that, I don't know the pod personally, but I know of a pod who has over 300 siblings so far that they've discovered. And there's some sort of big lawsuit going on with that. I'm not really able to discuss and I'm not given a lot of information about it. But then I know a few others that are in the 50s right now. And I just met somebody the other day who just discovered her 25th. Wow. Wow. It's wild how much more common it's becoming. Are there siblings in your group that are kind of involved with like legislation or anything like that about getting laws changed? I would say I'm the one that's most involved in that, and that's not a lot at all. I'm in contact with Laura High, who does all kinds of stuff with that. She dressed up in a sperm costume once and was going around interviewing lawmakers and stuff. She's hilarious. She's going to this protest in New Orleans on October 15th. She invited me to that. I can't make that, unfortunately, but just the fact that I'm being invited to these things, that's great news as well. Absolutely. And it just takes more information getting out there, more journalists willing to write about it and talk about it. Yeah, she's definitely done a lot on that front. She's TikTok famous for that reason, too. And hmm. a lot of people are asking questions in her comments. She's answering. She's making video replies, answering everybody's questions. There's a lot of stuff that comes up about it, a lot of stuff that she doesn't even think about. And then she's like, oh, that's a great question. She's really doing a lot to open people's eyes and minds to the fertility industry and how it's been handled over the last 30, 40 years. It's definitely something that Kendall and I didn't know too much about until we started doing this podcast. And it's really eye-opening and 
disturbing in a lot of ways. And whatever we can do to help get the truth out there, we'll do it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I didn't even know about anything related to donor conception. I knew of it as a concept, but I didn't think that having even 10 or 20 siblings was a scenario that existed, let alone 77 to 300. Right. So there's just all these things right. that are being discovered every day, case by case, with new people, different discoveries, different surprises. It's like multiple mm -hmm. universes of scenarios. It's true. For sure, yeah. It sounds like science fiction, but it's not. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. You have to stop and think about at the time that people were doing this, even in your own case, the thought that we would find people through DNA sound like uh, something you'd hear on Star Trek, not in real life. Yeah. yeah, they were promised that anonymity all those years ago, and now it's really hard to protect yourself from anything with the DNA mm -hmm. testing. You never know if your cousin's on there, your cousin be like, oh yeah, my cousin's a sperm donor, and boom, you lose your anonymity. And right. that's why a lot of the people in the fertility industry are freaking out, because all of a sudden these tests come out and now their little ploys and games that they were playing are being realized by everybody. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The, the lack of regulation is alarming. Absolutely mm -hmm. alarming. Mm -hmm. One of the conversations we had recently with someone is like, if somebody's donating in a certain region or there are people that are coming to a certain clinic on somebody who's been there multiple times, well, you know, if you're growing up in the same area and down the street, you could be dating or married to your half sibling. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And with the growing amount of nieces and nephews we have, which we're in the 40s now, I don't know the exact number, but if their parents don't tell them, they're all going to take a test one day and wonder why they've got 1,500 cousins. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because imagine how simple it's going to be 10, 15, 20 years from now. You're not going to have to send in your test. You're going to be able to get your results in 15 minutes like a COVID test, you know? <laughs> Oh, yeah. You just scan your fingerprint on your phone and it'll tell you. Right. Yeah. It's definitely not going to get smaller. It's only going to get bigger. I think people that are still trying to hide in the shadows and pull their little dirty tricks, they're going to have to wise up fast. Yeah, they're absolutely going to end up having to pay somebody in damages. I don't know who that would be, but there's going to be lawsuits and lawsuits to come over the next several years exponentially with the discoveries that they're going to have. Absolutely. It's coming out that a lot of these places didn't do their due diligence and people lied on applications because it's like, hey, I'm going to make 10 bucks. I'm going to make 25 bucks a shot or whatever. And yeah, they don't need to know that I'm bipolar. Or, or have other health concerns right? that, that children would want to yeah. know. The last four generations of the family all had breast cancer. Well, I'm not going to include that in my application. And it's the professionals that are, to, I know we're probably not hearing too much more about doctors being the ones who are the donors, but there's still some devious stuff happening. Yeah, you said it right there. So can you talk a little bit about the trip you're going to be making next week? So it's about a two hour drive. There's this place in Indianapolis that I've wanted to try. Somebody at work suggested to me. It's a barbecue place. Apparently, it's like the best in the city or something. So I was like, all right, well, next time I'm in Indianapolis, I'll go there, try it out. Well, then like three days later, Charlie shows up and she works right there in Indianapolis. And I was like, oh, well, hey, wow. I'm going there in a couple of weeks. 
So you can meet me at this barbecue place or I can meet you somewhere else. And she said, yeah, I'll meet you right there after work. It's like 10 minutes away. So I'll be the first brother Fantastic. that she met. When I talked to her on the phone about things, she mentioned that she had a similar childhood as me where she wanted siblings growing up. That was something she longed for as a kid. And I also shared that sentiment, as I said in my speech at Kate's wedding, so now to have all of these, that's something great for us. So we share that sentiment together. So I think it'll be great for her to meet her brother. Absolutely. So since you've done this a handful of times now, when you lock eyes with somebody, do you immediately know that's a sibling? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, most of the things have been planned, so I kind of know when they were coming. But even at Kate's wedding, when I saw one of my sisters from far away, I'm like, oh, there she is, the one that I'd never met before. So I knew it was her. And then the one I met in Jacksonville, I saw her from kind of far away, but I knew it was her. Can you describe the feeling a little bit? Is it like goosebumps or what what are you feeling in your body when you meet a sibling for the first time? It's kind of a mix of goosebumps and meeting somebody that you know, like just an old friend. You know that you've never met them before, but you also feel like that person is half of what you are. So you kind of just naturally talk about whatever comes up. There's no small talk or any of that stuff like you would do with meeting a friend or like dating or something conversation just kind of happens and we vibe together and there's stuff that you discover you have in common that you didn't know before besides like just facial features and stuff so yeah it's always just a great experience awesome that's very great Uh, please tell kate she's welcome to come on anytime with you or without you and we wanted to open the door to any of your siblings if they've got an interesting story they want to tell if they're open you know to coming on onesie or twosie or whatever i mean we'd be happy to do it it's a great story and it sounds like everybody's pretty cool yeah absolutely i will definitely put that word out there i'm sure there'd be a few people that might be interested and then it could be like a whole thing you guys have you got a whole family interview Right, yeah. exactly. Well, yeah. and and we want to continue our conversations with you as, as long as you want to. For instance, like, we'll want to hear how everything goes with Charlie. It's interesting to us, this whole journey you're on. Yeah, of course. I'll come on whenever there's an update, and I'll follow you guys as well. And once again, Thank I you. appreciate yeah. you having me on here. Of course. I mean, I think one of the unexpected benefits for Kendall and I has been getting to make new friends through people Mm -hmm. we meet through interviews. And we've met some wonderful people, you included. We just think you're awesome. And that's why we wanted to have you back. You too. You guys both are awesome as well. Oh, thank you. Excellent. Thank you so much. We'll give our best to Kate and I'll reach out. We'll figure something out at some point of uh, getting her on. All right. Awesome. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Family Twist. We feature original music by Cosmic Afterthoughts. And Family Twist is presented by Savoir Faire Marketing Communications. Check out our website at familytwistpodcast.com for blog posts and all of our episodes. 